your favorite swimming podcast, Scales and Tails, episode 41 today. Uh, we have Mr. Marshall Arwine, the homeless fisherman, uh, one arm Pete right now, one arm bandit. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, everybody? I am I'm glad to be back on Scales and Tails. Scales and Tails, Ales and Pails. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so for anybody who doesn't remember, Marshall was actually episode 12, which was doesn't seem very long ago, but it was April 21st, so... That was that was a couple months ago. It's been a bit. Uh, yeah, since then, Marshall and I have met, and we've gotten to be really good <laughs> friends. And so, uh, I I like I've been in the loop of all the shit that's been going on in like in Marshall's time since coming on here. But uh, I'm gonna let him kind of do a little recap on the whole uh, on the whole traveling tour this summer. And then uh, we got some questions to answer from uh, from his Instagram and from my Instagram, and then. I've got got some general questions that I wanted to talk to him about, uh, and then that'll that'll be kind of it. Kind of keeping it. It's not going to be a two three hour show. Definitely, uh, Marshall's Marshall's still under the under the gun from uh, all of his surgery medications and stuff. So I don't want to I don't want to keep him up too long. Oh <laughs> uh, no, biggie. But yeah, where did we leave off? We left off uh, April April something late April. Um, I was planning on leaving on May first. And so I headed out, and really the goal was to go um, like through Arizona, California, and kind of explore up the West Coast. But uh, as soon as I got, I left Austin, and as soon as I got to Fort Worth, that's when I started having the first uh, sign of car issues. The uh, the catalytic converters were all super clogged, and it was shitty. <laughs> so we, I was dealing with that for a little while, fishing in Fort Worth. Um, got some good fishing in, but. Once I got everything solved, I, I kind of drove through New Mexico and then Arizona, and, and it was pretty, honestly, it was pretty uneventful there. Arizona was cool. met some cool people. Um, got to go fish with CJ, Desert Bass, and he took me out on Saguaro Lake. That was cool. And then California was cool. Got to go catch my first spotted bass and my first uh, calico. So went fishing with the Lateral Vision guys and Nate Stylo and all these cool dudes. Um, and then we kind of took turned back around, went uh, back up through arizona colorado that kind of area and just kind of head straight towards minnesota and um yeah i spent i've been in minnesota for i think four months now which is a a long a long a long time overdue what i was planning uh we got here and i fished with phoenix one day phoenix was actually here uh he was that that day that it happened um i was i was following him to another lake that we were gonna go like we went fishing early for muskies and then we were like you know screw this let's go try for some bass and um he lives far away so i just drove all the way out there so i was following him to the next lake because he has boat and uh my car engine like blows up it just goes crazy goes ape shit <laughs> and uh, it, basically the the engine shot a rod through the block so it just <laughs> if, if anybody if anybody's mechanically minded that means it's done like your your engine is toast and you have to get a new one um there's no there's no solution for that so we crushed the car. The car is gone. And I was like, well, shit. So I got a job at Aldi. Um, and I started working my ass off. Um, I was saving up and I finally bought a van. I bought a van last Wednesday. Pretty hyped on that if you all saw the pictures. And then that Thursday, I was riding my bike to work and I got hit by a car. And I shattered my collarbone. <laughs> um, that was just absolutely phenomenal. Great turn of events here. Of course. <laughs> so I just got out of <laughs> surgery on Friday. Um, it was it was shattered to the point where it wouldn't heal on its own. So I had to get a plate. Um, so yeah, now I'm I'm here in the basement. I 
my drugs are pretty much worn off today. But uh, the last couple of days have been pretty loopy. But feeling better now. Feeling a little better, you know? Got, uh, I will say um, the last the last four months have been very well documented between being friends with Phoenix and Kyle and Marshall. <laughs> you stay you stay up to date on everything. I remember uh, Phoenix sent a Snapchat of uh, of them on the side of the road, and uh, he's like, "Yeah, we were just driving, and I watched something like fall out <laughs> fall out <laughs> underneath Marshall's motor." <laughs> yeah, it, like starts smoking and shit, and we look on the ground, and there's a there's a puddle of oil. Like all the oil had. <laughs> just come out of the engine and we were just like oh god i was really hoping it was i thought it was a tire at first you know when you're when you're when your vehicle starts shaking and smoking you're like oh okay it's probably a flat tire and then no the tires were fine and i was like oh god that sucks how but, far away were you from uh from the throwback crib about about, like 50, about about 50 minutes yeah it was a decent little little hike oh, man. yeah i know what a what a joke dude <laughs> what a joke of a year just rough yeah, so did you just like put all your stuff in Phoenix's forerunner and in the yep. boat and then are you guys just like, okay, just crush yep. it. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. Yep. Your favorite swim bait podcast is now proudly sponsored by Leviathan Rods. Leviathan Rods is a Texas-based fishing rod company that's handcrafted and uses high-end made in the USA rod blades. Every sale from Leviathan helps support foster youth and their families. With Leviathan Rods, you're not only gonna feel a difference, but you're gonna help make a difference too. Friends of the show will also get 20% off their rod purchases by using code SCALES20 at checkout. So whether you're fishing a depth 250 or a square bill, make sure you're using the best rod choice out there, Leviathan Rods. Damn. So we, we, yeah, we, we basically you just call like a, a crushing service and they'll, and they'll come out there and, and take it from you. Or like And they give you like 200 bucks. I don't know. It's stupid, <laughs> but <laughs> not worth it. 200 bucks. What a... What a guy. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Thank you so much, man. <laughs> um, were you guys fishing out of Kyle's boat that day, or were you guys fishing out of... No, we were on Phoenix's boat. We were on Phoenix's little... Uh... Hey, she's got a pretty sick little boat. Oh. I, forgot, I forgot what it is, but um, he's got that he V. He's one, doesn't he? Yeah, that's right. That's right, yeah. Yeah, we were fishing yeah. for muskies earlier that day, and he had one, he had one strike uh, on the 250, and, I caught, and then I, I was fishing for muskies with him too, but I was like, you know, screw this, I'm not... I'm not musky fishing anymore, and I caught like a three pounder that day. But it was overall like not a very eventful day, except yeah, for the sounds... car blowing up, you know. But besides that, yeah, that's that's pretty eventful. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, now we're here, dude. Uh, we got uh, the doctor said about three weeks, and I'll have my full range of motion, um, and then six weeks I can lift a gallon milk jug out of the fridge. So hopefully, I can be better sooner than that to be honest I, I was what i'm thinking because that was estimates without the plate so if we're going with oh, the plate okay it could be yeah it could be even it could be much faster so i'm hoping dude i hope i hope i'll be able to drive back in like a week or two honestly i was uh, i was just about to ask you what's what's your confidence of driving one hand it's not no, like you i mean like pretty good now i honestly i drove yeah. around a little bit before i had the surgery um i actually drove freaking 40 minutes all the way down there to get a physical done and uh wasn't too bad. I, I, you know, it's, it's not like I, I'm not, I don't drive a manual or anything, so I can just, yeah. <laughs> the, and the van, was, the van, uh, the van cruise is pretty nice. It kind of drives like a cloud, so it's not really, it's not hard to drive or anything. So yeah, I can, I can definitely make it down to Texas. And myself. that was the, the maiden voyage for the van. You, you stayed in the van yeah. that night. Yeah. I, I slept, I slept in the parking lot because they had me go down there for, uh, an, 
like an appointment to get checked out. And then they were like, Hey, you got to be back here in the morning at seven 30. And I was like, Hey, you know what? I'm just going to stay here. Like <laughs> why, why would I drive 40 minutes all the way back and forth and back and forth again? You know? Yeah. Fuck that. Did Kyle, I, I, I made sure to tell Kyle to let you drive home Friday after your surgery. Did you get the drive <laughs> home or no? Oh, <laughs> uh, Kyle actually did. He did drive me home. Unfortunately, I didn't, I didn't get to drive. I insisted that as well. I was like, I was like, I'll be fine. <laughs> it's funny oh though. I did, God. dude. I don't even remember. I don't remember half the shit that happened after I woke up. Um, to preface this for everyone too, I've never, uh, I've never been under the influence of anything. Um, I've never had a sip of alcohol. I've never smoked anything, so I don't even know. And I don't remember anything that happened. Like they put me on so much bullshit. <laughs> I'm like, and I'm super susceptible to it. Also, uh, <laughs> I, I do know. I do know that when we got home. From the surgery, I got out of the car and I was like, "Oh God, I'm gonna need your help, Kyle." My legs were like <laughs> jello, dude. I couldn't walk, and I had to. He had to help me walk down the stairs, and I was like, "Hey, Kyle, I'm sorry, but you're gonna have to help me take a piss, man." <laughs> he had to hold me up so I didn't fall over while I took a piss. But other than that, it wasn't too bad, you know. It was just like normal shit. I fell back asleep, and yeah, now now finally, I think uh, I think the pain's finally gone down enough where I don't really need the the freaking opioids anymore. So I can just kind of rock it with the Tylenol and uh, start working on my physical therapy and just kind of moving around and uh, getting her back in shape. Hopefully I should be throwing the mother in six weeks. That's the goal. Dude, dude you're lucky Kyle just didn't fucking put a, put a diaper on you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, literally. But uh, so, yeah, I was about to say, you, sh- you I mean, I could, you can drive with one hand and even, even with your hand in a sling, you can what what's your range of motion right now? Do you really have anything or have you not even tried? Um, so I messed with it a little bit today, to be honest. Um, now that the bone is back together, it should be all the way full. It's just like, I haven't used this muscle for so long now that it's like, yeah, it, weak. It, it's the weakest shit. So I can't even really lift my head, my hand over my head. Um, but it will, it should, it should be full. I just have to practice with it. You know what I mean? Um, so it just, it just needs to be, stretched out and worked with a little more so tomorrow i think tomorrow i'm gonna focus on trying to like get it above my head and just see just see what i can do you know not push it too hard but uh i just got a text message i just got a text message and said i tried to sneak in on the podcast but marshall gave me the tag get out of my room look (laughs) yeah he came in here just a minute ago but i heard the door open i was waiting for him to jump in and say something (laughs) well i didn't know if he was gonna go ahead and take over i was waiting but he didn't so that's okay (laughs) We'll have a we'll have a we'll have a father son podcast eventually. I'm sure, all three of us in person. Well, I mean, yeah, we have one, but that'll get <laughs> dropped some point in time. <laughs> yeah. Oh god. Uh-oh. So, what was it? I mean, Friday. I don't know. You might not have been up, uh, like up early enough Friday. But Mark Kyle sent me a picture of snow. Did was it weird to wake up with fucking snow on the ground in October? So. Fortunately, I did not wake up because I'm a fucking lazy ass and I sleep in until 12. Um, <laughs> but I am, I, anybody who knows me knows I do not do well with the cold. This is not my forte. I was born in the fucking devil's armpit and I'm just used to like, oh, the winter it gets down to like 50, you know, and that's, and that sucks for me. But now it's October and it's a high of 40 outside up here. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. I need to get out of here. <laughs> Snowing and shit. I'm like, man, this is not for me. I, I'm, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not a big guy. I don't have any, I don't have much, I don't have much uh, protection on my body from the cold, and the warmth. 
you know, you you honestly kind of got lucky as far as like breaking breaking your collarbone because like when you break a bone, um, like when the weather changes like super drastically, like you can you can feel it even after it heals and shit. Like my collarbone hurts every once in a while when it gets like super cold, mm-hmm. and like living down in living down in Texas, I think. I think like it, you won't you won't experience that as much like it'll be pretty mild I think that's good yeah because the seasons don't really they're not that harsh <laughs> I mean the summer yeah, like, but it's not yeah. like the changes aren't harsh you know what I mean it takes it takes until I mean last year it wasn't cold until like December dude I, I we were on the lake and it was 80 degrees and on Christmas day last year I remember we were on the paddle boards and it was not cold uh, and it doesn't get cold until later like early January usually uh, it get we have a we have a few cold weeks there for sure. Like it'll get into the thirties and forties, but nothing nothing as bad as up here. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was just about to ask. What what has it been like? I mean, more or less, you've gotten to experience at least three seasons up there in the last yeah. like four or five months. What 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 has that been like to to kind of? Well, I guess you didn't really get to fish a cool crazy lot kind of in that like quote unquote like that fall transition, even though it's still kind of fall. Yeah, well. Yeah, that 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 does suck that I didn't get to fish the transition. But it's also like coming up here is a lot different because I mean in the summertime in Texas it gets so hot to where like I mean a lot of people don't even fish in the daytime. Like you can't just go out in the middle of the day and fish because you'll like you could have a heat stroke, you know, shit like that. I I like it personally. I love to just like sweat my ass off out there because I've been used to it my whole life. But then coming up here and the summers are like, oh, I wake up early to go fishing with Kyle. And it's like 65 degrees in July in the morning. And I'm like shivering. Got to put a hoodie on. I'm like, Jesus. It is a nice It is a nice change of pace um, to get away from the heat kind of just a little bit and be like, oh. But now I'm, I'm, I'm over it. I'm <laughs> once, it gets, once it gets under like 45, that's where I tap out. I'm like, damn, this is too cold. But yeah, the, the, the seasons are so different up here. It's kind of crazy. Like, li- I'm telling you, literally shivering in the summertime, <laughs> which is dope. So like... Then, in Virginia, like for for this last for the gathering, like personally, dude, I thought that was perfect. Like it was like sixty seven. There was like a little breeze. The sun was out. It was like I I think it was perfect. Was that like ideal for you, or is that still kind of like oh my gosh, that was that was that was a little on the cold side for me. Okay, but yeah, was, yeah. Was, Let me rephrase that. When you and Nick <laughs> fell asleep Friday night, that was fucking cold. I do not know why you guys slept outside that night. <laughs> Well, because he had to sleep outside, so I was gonna, I wasn't gonna leave him out there, you know. I'm a, I'm a homie. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> no, dude, it, 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 that was a cold night. But we we built a fire in front of. Uh, I forgot. Jason, I'm sorry, I Jason forgot all the, uh, Was that his, was it his yurt? I don't think it was his, or maybe it was. I don't know. I just yeah, know it was his group. Yeah, Jason Carroll's group. Thank you guys. Uh, I know one of the guys' name was Joel. I'm sorry, I forgot everybody's name. Uh, there's just so many people there, but. I appreciate everybody who let us sleep by their fire. We freaking built a banger fire, dude. We got up at like 5 a.m. too and like made it, made it like a big fire and it was nice and warm. <laughs> it wasn't too bad, to be honest. So let me give you guys a walkthrough of the gathering because you guys got to like listen to that little <laughs> episode, but that was like, that was like nothing. So <clears throat> we get there, uh, we get there Friday and nobody's really, or no. Yeah, we got there Friday. And uh, Marshall, Kyle, the throwback crew, they were, they were so a little ways out. So we dicked around and they finally showed up. <clears throat> you know, we, we talk with them. They go down to their cabin and then they wander back down. Uh, 
and then we start we start setting up for the throwback premiere and if you guys weren't there you guys will be seeing that soon enough um anyway we start we start setting up for this throwback premiere right the 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 day trip video and when i say that nobody really had an idea of what it was going to be like um i i say that 100% truthfully Kyle was asking me what I think he should, how he should set it up. And I'm like, <laughs> Kyle, I, I don't, I don't know, dude. Like Kyle had the projector. Okay. And we had been coordinating that I was going to bring the speakers and I'm already in Virginia or maybe we're on the way to Virginia or something uh, Thursday. And Kyle's asking me like, Oh, it has this hookup Jack. Right. Like I'm like, it's a miracle that it worked. Let's just say that because it should not have worked. <laughs> Yeah, no, definitely. That was like a that was a for sure on the whim thing. Uh, I mean, it it took us what an hour to get it set up for sure, like an hour. Uh, of like, all of us, yeah, uh, an hour of like <laughs> the whole group of guys like staring at it and going, "Oh, no, no, I think you got to put it here." Like, <laughs> we, it was just like we, a had, whole we had the big blow up uh, blow up screen onto uh, white folding tables, and then like uh, somebody came over. I don't remember if it was like Chad or Will or somebody or maybe my girlfriend or something or maybe it was Nicolette. They're like, "Oh, why don't you just put it on the ground?" So we picked it up and we pull it. We set it on the ground, and then Kyle's like, "Uh, oh. no, we're putting it." I, did it end back up on the tables? I can't remember. I think it, yeah, it was on the table. Or we like, didn't we do that halfway thing when the legs were over the side? I don't even remember, dude. It was like, oh was, yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> I will say it, it was definitely charming. <laughs> I would call it charming. I think that's a good word. Uh, you know, it wasn't bad for the first year. It's definitely going to be able to get improved on, but that's what you want. You don't want you don't want it to be the best the first time ever because no, yeah, it's just hard to top. I, that's what me and Kyle have been talking about is that next year's or or whenever we do another film, it's going to be very 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 easy to <laughs> to surpass this one. You know <laughs> I mean, it's just a first first go, first test run. We were we were we were decently happy with how it came out. You know what I mean? It was cool. Everybody seemed to like it a lot. And uh, I don't know. It was fun. It was definitely fun making it. Took a took a lot of work, but it was neat. <laughs> next year is gonna be next year is gonna be really good. We've got some good ideas. Hell yeah, man! So so after after the throwback premiere, um, everybody's kind of just sitting around, uh, hanging out. Everybody's talking and stuff. And at this point in time, Nick flew in. Okay. So for anybody who doesn't know, Richmond is the closest airport to the gathering at Rockahot Campground. And what is it, 50 minutes away? I think it's only I think it's only like 40, 35, 40. <laughs> only. only. <laughs> but so, yeah, he did have to Uber. So yeah, Nick Uber's here. He helps we we get all the we get the throwback from here set up. That gets done and everything. And um everybody's hanging around and then everybody kind of disperses and everybody kind of like goes and hangs out at the houses or hangs out at the yurts or whatever. And uh, I don't know. You guys went somewhere. You you guys just fucking left. And so I'm like, okay, they probably they probably all went back to the cabin. Like I don't want to go bug them. So um, Phil Phil Riley and I get in the truck. Uh, Phil and Riley are absolutely plastered. I have not had a sip of alcohol. And uh, and Phil's like, oh my my buddy. Uh, uh shit. What's his name? Mm, da- David David Bryant. David Bryant. I think. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Uh yeah, David Bryant. He's like, oh, David Bryant's here. I want to go. I want to go hang out with him." So I'm like, "Okay." We get over there. Um, Riley and Phil are standing there. They're talking, shooting the shit, just having a good old time. And I'm like, "Fuck, I have to go pee." So I make the long, dark trek. Mind you, I've been in this campground like for a total of four hours and have not walked around at all. So I end up finding the the outhouse, uh, pitch black out. Like it's like eleven o'clock at night. I go piss. I walk out, and like. 
because when you walk out you overlook like all the camp uh like the tent sites and yeah. i just hear i just hear adrian I'm like who the fuck just said my name because it's pitch black out. <laughs> and so and so i'm like oh well and they know who i am so i start walking towards them and uh it was it was marshall and nick and they were <laughs> whose campground were you guys like who's Campsite it was, it was it was it was joel and uh his other buddy i can't remember his name but it was just we just literally we were just walking around and they were like hey guys what's up and we were just like what's up man you want to hang out <laughs> it wasn't <laughs> it was just the most informal shit but it was it was cool those guys were cool and we just started yeah and so yeah so we're sitting there and i'm like what the hell are you guys doing and they're like oh you know we're gonna sleep here or whatever so i'm like okay <laughs> and uh we we i don't know how but i'm like well, I want to go. I'm gonna go look over at these yurts because Jason Carroll's supposed to be over here, and I really <laughs> want to meet the guy. So we're walking, and like they were in the first year, and we walked past it, and like Jason like looked up, and I'm like, oh, that definitely was Jason. So I just walk right into this like campground area, <laughs> and uh, and he looks up, he sees it's me. We ha- give a handshake or a hug or whatever, and then dude, like literally, what 15 seconds, all three of us had a plate with a steak on it. Oh god, that was clutch, dude. Holy cow, we were hungry. That that was a delicious, delicious steak. Yep, that was a good steak and a, and a, and a beer. Oh, I didn't have a beer, but Nick did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then, uh, yeah, because at that point in time, it was super fucking cold. Like, I bet you it was probably 40, 45 at least. <laughs> yeah, it was cold. <laughs> yeah. And, and then, then, and then, and then we, having... we, we, I mean, we all sat around the fire for, I mean, hours. And, that, you know, what's funny is those guys didn't even sleep. They, like at, at two o'clock they were like okay time to go get in line and i was like holy oh, shit <laughs> yeah so i ended up leaving we were staying at a hotel like 20 ish minutes away and so we get there and um we get up in the morning and i text one of the guys that's in line uh jt i text him so how many people are in line he's like well i got here i got here at 158 and they didn't let me get in line i got in line at two o'clock and i'm number 35 right now and i'm like what the fuck and he's like, I don't know. I haven't gotten out and looked at line. And it was like eight o'clock. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So, um, yeah, it was crazy. I ended up getting there at like nine, brought McDonald's for everybody, ended up setting up the booth, got to walk around, uh, got to, got to, um, shake some babies and kiss some hands for some people. Uh, just, just a good time. <laughs> yeah. No, that was, that was great. And honestly, dude, the, the, I mean, now that I've talked about it, they're ready. The, the crowd was not as big as last year um it just i don't know the turnout wasn't as crazy i think it's partially because of the the new texas gathering they're going to have in april um yeah i think that yeah. i think that kind of honestly is going to suck a little traction away from the virginia one um i know i i personally like not you know i love going out there but i would much rather drive 20 hours to go to texas or florida or california to go fish you know not virginia <laughs> just yeah, personal for sure <laughs> i uh Scales and tails will be at the Texas one, like ninety nine percent sure. You know, you know, homeless fishermen will be. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, I think it's going to be super big. Yeah, I can't imagine it being. I can't imagine it being less than twice the size of the Virginia one this year. You know, it's it's going to be crazy because, like, I knew what I was getting myself into at the Virginia one because I'd been there, uh, like at that venue before. Mm-hmm. I have I have no idea what Texas what this place is gonna be like. <laughs> it's kinda awesome though. It's a nice feeling, you know. It's all fresh. Yeah, it's 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 exciting, yeah. <clears throat> it's <laughs> it's like a fifteen hour drive for us, which isn't crazy. Like I'm I'm in I'm like, do I drive or 
do we just fly down and I just pack my computer and shit and just like steal a definitely. table from somebody? You should definitely drive, dude. Bring your rods. Yeah, I know. You got fish, dude. You're from like Texas. Is, There's uh, a couple. Good. Uh, is like, is like, I mean, yeah, is there spots to fish down there around that yeah. area? Yeah, so I mean, like, it's going to be on Lake Fork, but there's uh, there's a bunch of, like, little lakes around Lake Fork, too, that are honestly better, in my opinion, just because they don't get hit as hard, uh, that we should definitely go hit. <laughs> Y'all should definitely stay for a little while extra, and we should we should go hit some of them. That'd be fun. What What is, what's April like in Texas? Kind of break that down for us, because I have no fucking idea. <laughs> so April is usually, I mean, like, usually post-spawn. It's like a mix of post-spawn and and uh and like still some spawners but like that's that's more towards the tail end that's more like shad spawn uh that's when stuff starts like that's when it gets easy to catch fish if that makes sense you know post spawn when they're just hungry and they're yeah. and you can catch these big gigantic long like you'll catch these fish that are 24 25 inches and that weigh like seven or eight pounds that are just not nearly as fat but they just will eat is the cool thing you know uh, so it's like I, i'd say that's like april april and may are like the best times to come fishing if you just want to like catch a lot of fish um biggest fish bite in you know february march but um april may is like that post spawn bite that's super fun always fun yeah it's it's got to be better than the april bite here because i'm like 90 percent sure it's non-existent here (laughs) yeah i was gonna say y'all still have ice y'all still have ice up here right yeah exactly i think I think maybe this year, late uh, late April is when I caught my good fish, if I remember right. I'm trying to think. It was still cold. It was still ago. cold, though, right? I remember. Seeing yeah, you yeah, it was. It was still cold, like yeah. super fucking cold, <laughs> like yeah. snowing when we were fishing. It it was hot. We had a, a really warm April this year in Texas, so I I assume next year will be similar, or at least it'll be at least be nicer than up there. <laughs> So yeah, April 26th, I caught my first uh, bass and I was wearing two hoodies and a pair of long johns underneath my khakis. <laughs> yeah, that's cold. <laughs> and I had long hair, so you got to factor in that too. <laughs> <laughs> that helps with the warmth factor, actually. Yeah, you exactly. A little For anybody who, who doesn't know that. <laughs> a little extra tuft. But uh, let's, let's see some of these questions we have here. So these... Uh, this was a question from Marshall by Jordan Bennett, 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 44 best fall slash winter big baits. He asks. So like really, honestly, I have to separate fall and winter here. I don't really think they go hand in hand. I know it's like, uh, maybe, maybe some people don't think the same way, but I think that uh, in the fall, like in a true fall bite. Oh, excuse me, drop my phone there. Uh, a true fall bite is going to be like, for me in Texas, it's shad. A lot of shad, um, a lot of like fish that are really aggressive. They're just feeding up for the winter. They know it's going to get a little cold. Um, the bait fish are kind of getting shocked. If you've ever seen that, where where it gets cold one night, and um, not that not that it gets that cold in Texas, but it'll get cold one night, and the bait fish kind of get shocked. Like all the shad will kind of freeze up and they get slow, and the fish like to take advantage of that. So I think honestly in the fall I'm focusing on very fast moving baits. I like to throw a wake bait in the fall, of course. Um, but anything fast moving like a, a multi jointed swimmer. Um I don't really fish soft baits in the fall that often. Um but as soon as it gets 
too cold to the point where you're seeing those fish aren't chasing like on top anymore that's when i just immediately switch gears and go to a soft bait um i really like to throw 10 inch hud um that's probably my all-time go-to favorite but any any giant soft bait um in like the month of like december through february march that's basically all i have in my hand is like a giant wedge tail because uh, that's just that's what those big fish eat during the uh, during the cold months they're gonna eat a super slow moving big bait um that's my favorite but yeah i don't think i don't think i would i would group the fall and the winter together they're two two separate things you know yeah there, there's no winter bite here <laughs> it's a jerk bait <laughs> if you have a river system <laughs> or or a 164th ounce uh tungsten jig on one or if you have or if you have the, if you have the sheer willpower to even go out in the negative 50 degree weather but you know yeah dude, <laughs> fuck that um so what like yeah i guess fall bite here which is northern or not northern anymore it's like western midwestern michigan uh i don't know dude like just glide baits just fishing like a jerk bait that's <laughs> just yeah I was, I was i was hanging out on the boat the other day with uh with kyle and uh his buddy joey and uh they were fishing um chatter baits and the new the new mini um just basically cranking it down like a chatterbait uh, but fast moving baits like i was kind of talking about um a similar similar style just those fish are obviously like trying to feed up and they're just kind of hitting reaction style baits wherever they can get them uh, but that's what i noticed because it was it was chilly the other day the water temp was like in the in the 60s i believe so that i would consider that fall for sure but if i had a flea shad i could catch a lot of fish <laughs> <laughs> yeah if, if I still had a flea shed. <laughs> uh, ASAP Hookham on uh, on Marshall's story said, "What have you learned while fishing up north?" That's a good one. Yeah, no, I think that is a good one because northern fish and southern fish are just two completely different animals. They are just not; they're not the same. You know, when you look at them, um, you know, I mean, first off, they don't get as big, uh, but second off, a lot of these fish up here are older. You know what I mean? Like it's just, they're older just by nature because they grow so much slower up here. Um, these big, like five pound Northern strains have honestly seen more than some of the seven and eight pounders that I catch down in Texas. You know what I mean? They can be older um, and be half the weight. Um, but that's just cause it's so cold and they they grow so slow. But I think uh, like main, like important things I've learned up here. Um, it's, it's a really good place to test techniques for me. Um, there's a lot of fishing opportunities that, especially here in Minnesota, there's a thousand lakes up here, literally tens of thousands of lakes. Right. And, uh, just, it's hard for people to hit all of them so much that they get pressured. So they don't get pressured like they do down South. Um, it's a really nice place for me to go out on my paddleboard and find some lake that nobody's freaking been to in years and, and test some new techniques. I can fish, you know, weightless baits or any kind of, there's a lot of grass up here. So I really, I really honed my grass fishing skills. Uh, with a soft bait or a weightless bait, uh, which I don't get a lot of grass opportunities down in Texas. But when I do, um, I think fishing up here has helped me capitalize on that. Um, just finding the grass and being like, oh, well, now I know how to do this because I did it up here. And same thing with other baits. You know, just it, I feel like I get a lot of confidence fishing up here because there's a lot of fish that are willing to eat. Uh, but at the same time, a lot of those fish are older too. And if you're fishing those more pressured lakes, uh, even those even those uh, like you know four and five pounders, they know a lot and they're tricky sometimes. <laughs> it's it's funny that you say that because generally up north, I think uh, 
not necessarily a bad rap, but people say up north the fish are a lot easier to catch. And as northerners, you don't like to hear that because you're like, oh, well, fuck that guy. He's just, <laughs> he thinks he's hot shit. But then, like, <clears throat> I can't tell you how many times I, I see posted on Facebook or Instagram or Snapchat, just people I know, and they're like, oh, I'm, I'm going down, going down to Florida to fish during spring break and shit. And they'll go fish a pond and they'll post one fish and they're there for a week and a half. And then Jesus, you talk yeah, to them or they make a post and they're like, oh yeah, the Florida fishing's really hard. And it's like, well, okay, dude, maybe, maybe they're right. Maybe it is easy to catch fish up North. Like I, I don't have a problem admitting that. Like I'm fucking, I'm catching one pound smallmouth on S waiver 168s <laughs> and shit. Like that's, that shouldn't uh, I'll, be like a, I'll, I'll, a, I'll like give credit awkward thing. I'll give credit where credit is due, right? There are big fish here that are hard to catch. Like Phoenix caught a freaking six, what was it? Six, almost seven pounder. So there's like six, yeah, 10 yeah. or something. And that's insane. That's almost unheard of. You know what I mean? And that, those fish are tough to catch. There are big fish up here that are tough. I think people will group in like those four. There are a lot of four and five pounders up here. You know what I mean? When you look for them and they're not, I wouldn't say like they're easy to catch, but they're not the hardest fish to catch in the world. But those like bigger class, like six and seven pounders, dude, those are elusive up here and they're hard to get. Um, but yeah, down south, it is, it's a hard, it's difficult because there's not as much water and uh, the water that there is, it gets pressured, at least in Texas, like, you know, tenfold what it sees up here. So even, even, uh, you know, people, people talk about Texas, like it's so easy and you could just go down to freaking whatever lake and stick a 10 pounder. Like, I mean, you, some people, sometimes you get lucky, but. I don't know, dude. I don't really get lucky down there. <laughs> I got to work for my fish. And, uh, we're, uh, yeah. we're not fish biologists, but I want to hear your thought on this. Do you think these northern fish are so, especially, you know, kind of that smaller class of fish, the last, you know, four, four year uh, spawn class, do you think these fish get so aggressive because they only have, you know, six months, seven months out of the year to actively feed and, and get bigger? See, I, that's where I, I'm not totally sure. I have like theories on it, which I, I don't think that the fish up here being aggressive is contributed to the wintertime because in the wintertime, uh, the water gets so cold that their metabolism drops so low that they almost don't have to eat. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like those fish that are under the ice, they don't eat anything. They just stay one weight all winter because they're not burning any calories. In the summertime, they are burning calories. You know what I mean? They're running around and they have to eat. Um, I don't, I don't necessarily think that's what makes them easier to catch. I think, I think a lot of it's just the amount of water y'all have up here. Um, and then the, and then the amount of people that aren't fishing for bass, there's a lot, there's walleye, there's all kinds of like weird crappies and stuff up here that I think almost a majority of people fish more for that than they do bass. I don't, it's not all the time that I see bass fishermen up here. You know what I mean? Like when I go to the lake, it's usually, oh, there's a few walleye fishermen out in the middle and I have the lake to myself, you know? I think that's what contributes to them being easier, quote unquote. Right. I think almost maybe uh, like, like how you just talked about there, there isn't really those check checks, check and balances where there's not uh, a huge amount of people pressuring these bass and stuff. And I think maybe it's almost, they're so aggressive because they're just fucking fighting, you know, 10,000 other fish in this six acre lake trying to eat shit. Yeah. Like they're just, they're trying to survive. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. I'll, I'll say definitely it is like, it, I don't know, something about it is, is easier, like I said, quote unquote. But I've also never, 
like I've never caught a six pounder in Minnesota. Like, you know what I mean? It's just, they're, they're in here. I know they're here. I know lakes would have them, but I have not caught one yet. So I don't know if you could consider that easier just because you can come up here and catch a five pounder doesn't make the fishing easier. You know what I mean? Like you can go down South and catch a five pounder pretty easy. That's not a yeah. difficult thing. It's not, it's not, you know, unlikely for me to catch a five pounder. Like each day I go out, you know, in the, at the right, in the right circumstances. Um, but same thing up here, like there are those bigger class fish and ours just happen to be bigger. So you don't see them very often. Like we have, you know, teeners swimming around, but you almost never see them. It's the same thing down up here. You have seven pounders swimming around, but you never see them. They're smart, you know? So I would, I would, I would say the fishing isn't easier. I think it's just perceived as easier because a five pounder seems bigger up here than it does down South and people catch five pounders up here. You know what I mean? If that makes sense. Like yeah, the per- sure. I think the perception is just a little skewed. Do you think that there is as many sevens like in the north as there is maybe like those 11, 12 pound class fish in Texas? Mm, I don't know. I don't know, to be honest. There, there's so much variety in all these different lakes. Like I've seen, I've probably got, I can count on like, I can literally count on one hand the amount of lakes that I think have six pluses in them up here um i think it takes it takes the right lake and and some of them are some of them are just messed up because you have like i mean you have like pike and musky and stuff up here which can really compete with the bass um and change a whole lakes you know dynamic like i i know a lot of lakes up here that i'm like dude this would be perfect but there's like a shit ton of pike running around so it like it ruins the the bat like the bass will get big like it's five pounds but they could be much bigger if they weren't. I fished a couple lakes up here now that don't have pike, and seeing the difference between one lake that does have pike and that doesn't is crazy. Those fish are gigantic, like you know, six is coming out of there and stuff. And then, you know, like I said, it's it's all just I don't know. I can't I can't say whether whether there's a similar amount, but I know they're up here. That's the thing, is that they're up here and they don't get caught very often. So that's why I would consider uh, like like I said, the perception skewed. Want <laughs> go come back around to that. <laughs> yeah dude it's kind of gangster that there's lakes in minnesota that don't have pike like fucking every single lake here has pike. i know it's it's, it's tough to find it's tough it, it's tough to find them but that's like a that's like a special special little thing <laughs> i will say uh for not only fishing in a paddleboard but fishing like with baits that have troubled hooks you are fucking brave for never taking like pliers or anything <laughs> Like when you're holding these like little like 16, 17 inch pike and they're fucking thrashing around with a wake walker, a flea shad or something, dude. Oh my gosh. That's, that's like what horror stories are made out of. Well, I usually, I usually have pliers. I just don't ever, I'm like, oh, I could probably get that out. Uh, yeah, no, definitely, definitely not safe. I don't recommend that, but I'm just, I, I just don't, <laughs> Built I just don't care. I'm not, I'm not scared. I don't know. I, I know how to get hooks out too, real good. I'm a, they call me the bush doctor. So. <laughs> Uh, let me see here. I'm just looking through these. Uh, Danny, Danny's Kitchen Eleven asked Marshall, "Do you throw wake baits all year round?" Assuming he probably means when you're a resident of Texas and not Minnesota. <laughs> yeah. it would be it would be it would be quite literally impossible to throw them year round up here. But actually, I guess that's not true. You could throw them in certain rivers. But um, when I'm in Texas, yes, I almost have a wake bait tied on all year round, and. I mean, of course, the wake bait is going to excel in the spring and summer, fall. Um, and it is rare that I get bit in the wintertime on a wake bait. But I find that there is a class of fish that will eat a wake bait in the wintertime. That they're big. There are big fish that will eat them. 
Um, it just, it takes a lot of, it takes a lot of things to line up to get that to work. And to be honest, I don't even, I don't even know exactly. Like if you were like, Oh, what is the best wintertime wake bait condition? I have no idea. I've <laughs> seen big fish be caught on a wake bait and when it's sunny as shit in the wintertime. And then I've also seen them and caught when it's cloudy and crazy or nighttime even. So I don't, I don't even personally know, but I know they do get bit. Uh, that's something I'm still, still learning, honestly. Um, but yeah, I do fish them all, all year round. I, I don't ever, I don't ever take it off pretty much. Uh, skewing off of that, my personal question, what do you fish down there in like that January, February? Are you fishing like the crank downs or like flea shads or what's like what's just swim baits through? in general? Yeah. Or just, yeah. swim baits in general and then just conventional stuff too. For hard baits, I keep it really simple in the winter time, like in January, when it gets real cold. I mean, when I say cold, I mean, Texas is cold. Uh, I'm keeping, I'm sticking to just like, um, you know, I've thrown a 250 a lot, throw the mother, um, hard baits. I stick to like a, a slow moving glide and then maybe a wake. Like I said, the, the mob walker is a good one. Cause it's got that big presence. Um, but that's the only two hard baits I'll probably throw in the winter time. Uh, other than that, all soft baits. I mean, it's like 99% soft baits. When I get bit on a hard bait, it's a rare, like it's a rare occasion in the, in the winter time. Uh, the glide is probably my most successful hard bait in the winter time, but uh, I also don't really, I don't really catch a lot of fish on the glide in the winter time. It's it's all soft baits. Um, the hud, those hud, those hud style, like boot tails or the wedge tails, they just get bit like no nobody's business. Now, are you fishing these soft tails and stuff? Like, is this during like Texas trout uh, trout stock, or is it just? bass are eating trout that time of year and it's just slow enough that they can get to it i mean so i mean we don't have very many places in texas that get trout stocked so a lot of the times i'm fishing these places these these baits where there are no trout and i don't think it matters um i think it's just there we have all kinds of other stuff like gizzard chad and carp and big bluegill and like different bait fish that that act you know similar and will will crawl on the bottom like that and you can and bass will pick them up i think i don't think they look and go oh it's a rainbow trout like i i can't eat that because there's no trout in here like no they go nice a delicious 10 inch little fish <laughs> you know what i mean uh yeah now, a lot of times i'm throwing them in, in non non-trout stocked waters yeah it's, i i kind of figured that i don't really see tech i don't really hear texas of the place of people going out to trout fish very often unless it's like nope. the guad doesn't the guad have trout like naturally yeah, the, guad, the guad has trout yeah there's a like i said there's a couple places but they just don't live through the summertime so it's not worth stocking them most of the time you know yeah exactly so kind of breaking into oh wait shit hold on i have to look at my <laughs> questions uh, uh i think somebody asked one everybody else was just memeing me uh steven uh steven clipper uh, asked me if I purposely shaved my mustache as reverse Hitler, and the answer to that is no. It just naturally doesn't grow, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> oh, is that is that the guy who just caught the nine pounder? In yeah, yeah, dude, almost, awesome, almost dude. the fucking ten. Yeah, that, that's incredible, dude. I mean, I commented on it. I don't, I don't comment on everybody's post, but I was like, holy shit, that's awesome. Uh, Beard's tackle said flea shad or Walker Wake Walker. I will okay. We'll answer that is like what you'd rather fish, and then. What you like to fish, or no, it's the same thing. Which one do you like to fish more? That's just what we'll say. We'll think he's meant by that. I mean, of course, I like I like to fish flea shad more, to be honest, just because it's like the bites you get on it are insane. And being able to burn the bait in super fast and watch a fish fly up on it, there's nothing like that. But the wake, I mean, it's hard to pick like a favorite. You know what I mean? Like, I, I love both of them. They both get awesome strikes. 
Fleeshad's uh, probably probably a little a little higher up there though for me. Um, I, I I've told the story before, but the Fleeshad I had one for a little while, emphasis <laughs> on a little while, and I had a lot of fish come up and follow it, and I I don't think I was fishing it wrong, but I also was not fishing it as fast as you guys uh, talk about fishing it because uh-huh. I I just I. I don't know. I just didn't think I was going to be able to have fish come up and eat it like that. They didn't seem like they were aggressively feeding on a bait like that. And also I was fishing from shore around like boats and shit. So like, I wasn't making, you know, 60 yard casts. I was making like 20 yard flips and shit. Yeah. I think, I think there's um, like the, that burning bait bite. A lot of people don't understand it. I noticed some people that just, they can't quite like wrap their head around it, but I'm all, I'm telling you there's almost no speed that you can reel that it will stop a bass from eating your bait. Like they will take it out of your hands no matter what. I fish it on a, a six, eight to one reel. And I'm literally like, I have, I have plenty of videos where I'm burning it as fast as I physically possibly can. And they just crush it. And they just stop it in, in, in mid, mid burn. Um, I think it's just something you got to try and like experience once. And then you'll be like, Oh, I get it. And it all clicks. It didn't click for me at first. I never understood that. I was like, I, you can, I can just reel this in normally and get bit. Um, but I think it's, <laughs> I think it's more of like a more of a clear water thing for sure. Um, if you have clear water, they'll come up and do that crazy shit um, in the summertime or in the fall. The fall is a really good time to do it. Um, I don't really have much luck on it in the spring though. That's when I feel like they don't. I don't know. They don't. They don't go crazy on it. Um, the fall is when I feel like that's the best burning bait bite though for sure. That's when I throw the flea shad the most. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to mess around with like over some grass patches and stuff come spring. One question I have question about the flea shad for you uh it's probably pretty rare that a fish comes up and hits it and they don't get a hook um but when you're burning it like that and they come up and they hit it um do you kill it or how do you go about that so usually i i don't like to kill it any longer than i have to like i i've had strikes where i kill it and they'll hit it and they'll get it um but honestly most of the time my strikes are just a straight burn retrieve um and if they don't get it, I just keep going. A lot of times if they hit it and they like miss the hooks, it's either like they're going to keep going and they didn't feel it and they're going to try it again because they're already, once they're already like committed to the burn, you know what I mean? Once they're, once they're flying at it at like Mach 10, they're already committed and they're going to hit it again. Um, and then also that can lead into like the eight trap. Um, if you get one, you miss it and you can literally, I've eight trapped plenty of fish, not, um, not on the flea shed yet, but I've had, I've had a couple little, like pike encounters but um, i used to do it with the bottom all the time the bottom is like a perfect bait for doing that um you can you can lead them into the eight trap if you miss one um but i usually just like the steady like don't don't change up your retrieve don't try and stop it because i feel like when you stop it that's when they look at it and then they get a good look at it and they go oh that's not real i see hooks now it's like fucking <laughs> resin <laughs> yeah literally literally it's it's so obvious once you stop it and then they're just like okay never mind yeah i i had one come up and that like super super for some reason the lake was like had a super tropical blue tint to it um and that bone or like that white flea shad just fucking stuck out and i had one like come up from the depths of rip of a rip and wrap uh wall came Mm -hmm. up and hit it and i was like what the fuck like (laughs) i couldn't done it couldn't do anything about it hit it and just turned and went straight back down i was like oh son of a bitch dude sometimes uh, and some you know it's funny sometimes they get on that bite or i i i have it happen with smallmouth 
or if you're fishing smallmouth and they just they'll just come up and tap it and i mean it is the most frustrating thing ever dude they'll come up and just hit it and not get the hooks every single time it's like they're good at it um but that's usually if that happens to me like two or three times i'm fucking putting that bait down like it's not it's not time if they're not eating it they're not eating it because like small even smallmouth with their small mouth they'll get it if they want it you know what i mean like oh 100 they won't just come up and tap it like they're gonna eat it if they're gonna want to eat it um and that's that's when i'm just like okay i'm putting this bait down i'm not gonna mess with that anymore you know it's it's a pretty magical thing when you pull a fucking 68 hud out of like a 15 inch smallmouth because (laughs) i've done that before and it's it's pretty fucking crazy like when you're reeling it literally every single cast and you can feel and you can see your line like you can see the slack in your line getting hit and like you swing on it and you're like what the fuck maybe i'm just rubbing on bottom because i've never fished this spot before and you know i do that for like seven consecutive casts and finally the eighth time the fucker finally got the hook (laughs) and i was like oh I was I, I, I could tell it was a fish because the, the bait just kept losing paint every single cast. It kept getting teeth marks. I've had some smallmouth hit some incredible things, dude. I had I had a big one. There's a lake called Lake Belton in Texas, and it's it's known to be like full of smallmouth. It's one of the only like it's one of the only lakes in Texas that's like literally fifty fifty largemouth smallmouth. And wow. uh, I was throwing the king shad up underneath this marina dock, and I had one come out and hit it three separate times. And it just, it never got the hooks. It was just smacking the shit out of it. But uh, it was 100% a smallmouth. It was one of the biggest ones I've ever seen. It was like a four or five pounder. And uh, yeah, no, they, they, I don't think they, they care how big the bait is. <laughs> oh, dude, I've, I've caught, uh, I think in the springtime down here, kind of that pre-spawn in the river, I think I'm going to fish the 250 because I've caught, uh, I think three or four smallmouth on the 250. And I'm like, I... I definitely think I could catch one down here that's pissed off enough because yeah, the down here there's a the million smallies. The two fifty is not too much for them. That's the funny thing. No, not at all. Not yeah. at all. Honestly, the two fifty is kind of small. Like realistically, like if you look at a two fifty, you're like, oh, this is just if I like tied two Vision One Tens together. That's all this is. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's not that yeah. big. <laughs> I, I would like to catch a smallmouth on the mother. I think that'd be pretty cool. Um, fuck who. Do you, I don't know if you ever saw the video of the guy catching the smallmouth on the. Maybe it was on YouTube. Hold on, I I can't. I don't remember if it was a mother or if it was the wild beat. But <laughs> come to find out, the guy snagged it. Mother. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> uh, Roman made mother smallmouth on YouTube. We'll see if that's a thing. <laughs> but yeah, it was like I remember seeing it. It must have been the wild beat because he was like on shore and it looked like some super JDM type shit. <laughs> and I remember seeing it and then I remember everybody's like, oh, that guy just fucking snagged that fish. I'm like, oh, oh, my God, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I think that it's funny that wild beat, the, the guy for the wild beat has been in like a lot of controversy. I see like a all lot his, like, of controversy. Yeah. He's got, that, he's got that one video. He's got that one video, the 10 pounder on shore or it's like a sandy b- beach. And he yeah, just, like, like Sandy Rock. It's just a weird video, and the fish is just like dead. Like, <laughs> like his rod like doesn't even move, and he's just like, oh, and then he, like he just reels in, it and it's like dead yeah, fucking it's, weight. It's like half dead. It's like holy shit. Yeah, that's uh, that's a <laughs> sketchy, sketchy video. <laughs> I, um, I I think I fished a beat one time too. I didn't really like it to be honest. It was not, not uh, my favorite. I caught a fish on it, and I was like, okay, that's a cool time to sell it. Because I, I yeah. wasn't a huge fan of it. 
The mother, the mother, the mother swims like shit. It's a better bait. <laughs> yeah, the mother. That's that's yeah, that's accurate. I didn't really enjoy my mother much. That's why. That's why Phoenix has it now. <laughs> uh, I, I I hate that bait, man. But I don't know why they just eat it. They love that thing. But if Phoenix was to ever sell it, I would definitely buy it because I would fish it. Still, yeah. I would I would fish it in the river for pike or something because yeah. that would be so fucking awesome. Maybe I'll buy one like soon. <laughs> yeah, dude. Get you a freaking get you a white snake. <laughs> yeah, dude, uh, there was there was one for sale the other day for pretty cheap. Was that? Yeah, did you I bought buy it. yours new? Oh, okay. Yeah, I bought it. It was three hundred. <laughs> dude, uh, I, I Brennan Banks, Brennan Banks had that bass jack one for three hundred. Yeah, I saw that too. I was like, that wasn't my that was my favorite that one. pattern to be honest. I I like the white snake one. That's that's probably my. I've never owned a white snake, and that was like I saw it. and I was like, God damn it. I'm just sitting here, like I might as well buy it. <laughs> <laughs> I won't be able to so throw it for are, six weeks, but <laughs> are you gonna fish if okay. Does color do you think your white snake mother would outfish your shit? What, what's the other color you have? You trout. have like that green that trout, trout like green yeah. to or green red to white belly? I don't think so. I don't I don't think it really matters. I'm more looking for one that swims really good. Um because it's like with a wood bait like that, they all swim different. All I've swim had, different. Yeah. This is my this little that white snake one is my sixth mother I've ever owned, and every single one of them have been different. I have not I have not swam the white snake one yet. I'm hoping it's a good one, uh, but the yeah they all they all swim different. I'm mostly they're just looking for one that's like a super money swimmer, um, and then I have like one for backup, you know. So I, no, I don't think I don't think color matters much. You know, it's like okay if I'm fishing trout water, yeah, I'll fish the trout one, but if I'm not like the white snake just kind of represents whatever, you know? Right. Uh, my, my Hinkle trout was talking to guys who had Hinkle trouts. My Hinkle trout was a lot different than what I thought it was going to be. And what, uh, than what I've heard they were supposed to be mine, like floated. Yeah. Mine floated too. And it was a, it was like, it was a slow retrieve. I remember, dude, I bought it. So I bought my Hinkle trout for $190 before 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 it went like the price went ape shit um, do you know and, what he charges now like oh you just mean you bought it second hand yeah yeah second hand for oh okay okay yeah um and it had like a nice paint on it and everything it was a sick one but yeah it floated and it's like it you just have to straight retrieve it in like that's the that's a straight retrieve glide for sure um it swims best on that slow and steady um i i never like i couldn't really get it to do much when i pumped it or anything i didn't like that even the mother like doesn't swim very good like that, but it does have like this weird little shimmy that they just—I don't know—they eat it for some reason. The mother has the shimmy to it, yeah, like the on mother, the sink. It, yeah, it's no, it's like it's like when you pulse it. I, I I can't really describe it exactly, but when you pull, like so, you can you know how you can do kind of like two different chops, right? So you one is like a, yeah. like a slack line chop, and it'll kind of, choom, and then the other one is like the pull where you kind of pull with your reel and your rod and the whole thing will like slide to the left. And you're basically, that's your, like your long glide where you try and glide it up under a dock or something. When you do that, it has like a, like a roll. It like wants to roll kind of on its side a little oh, bit. But it, yeah, it shimmies. Yeah. And it, it's just something about that. I think pisses them off. It's, it's, it's very unique. It doesn't look great when you look at it. You're like, wow, that looks kind of dumb, but I, I think they eat it because of that. I don't remember how the one, the, I don't. I think our. I think the one I had was like the AU color. Yeah. Or, yeah. 
Yeah, I fucking hated it. It's such an ugly color. But anyway, that uh, that one, I don't know. I just wasn't a huge fan on it. But now I kind of want one for the spring. But going back to the Hinkle Trout, I got mine for 200 obviously. This was from Andrew, so it had a little bit of a wait time. Yeah. And some of the videos I had seen, like, guys were fishing it super fast. And that was just yeah, was Jeffrey. Jeffrey has yeah, a Jeff. Life. That's what I, yeah. I just saw a video Jeffrey just posted today. I don't know if it was on Instagram or whatever, yeah. but I'm like, I, why couldn't I do that with mine? Like, if I would if I could do that with mine, I would have fucking kept it. But mine just did not do that. It was like super yeah. slow, side to side, like a head hunting action, and that was it. And I'm, I was so pissed when I got it. Well, the Hinkle, the Hinkle has also been through lots of different like changes. changes like the joint, yeah. The joint that I had was the, um, you know how like the Piz joint is. I don't even know what you call it. Like hinge. The, the door hinge kind of it was yeah, like that, that, that's right? the one i had yep. yeah so that one doesn't swim fast but the old ones have like the is there straight cuts they're just pins yeah so they're like it's different um i don't know i i feel like they were just like the, it's just a different bait you know what i mean i feel like the old one old one swims a lot different i think that's what jeffrey has that's why he fishes his so crazy i'm, I'm trying to find uh, a straight straight cut one because that would make a lot of sense yeah. I even I knew they've gone I knew they've been changed a little bit but I didn't know they were changed like that. Yeah, it's a OG so the OG Hinkles I'm sure they I'm sure it's impossible to even fucking buy one now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Without well, spending likely. a grand, you know. Yeah, fuck that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, literally. I'm telling you it's cheaper to buy a mother now, which is crazy. Yeah, dude, you can get mothers for like sub 200s like all day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, about the it's, a white snake for so three hundred. I was like, Jesus, that's the best price I think I've ever seen on a white snake. Um, you can like if you go on um underground or universe, like you can you run into prices and it's like, oh my gosh. Like I can't yeah. like, like they're just giving this away. Like they're almost paying me to fucking take it. Yeah, like mother, this one mother. right here. Mother, uh mother, it's the new style, so it's the wood grain, which it's whatever, not completely sold on that. Two eighty mm-hmm. shipped. Wow. Like, what the hell, dude? Brand new, never been fished. No, no fucking hooks on it. Wow, Comes that's with the crazy. Box. Yeah, that's crazy. I you shouldn't have told me that because I don't need another one. <laughs> <laughs> if I if I find a deal like that, dude, it's like it's hard not to buy that. I know, literally, especially especially like if you're willing to put in the time with a bait like that, it's hard. Some people just, I mean, you know, and up here it's hard. It's difficult up here because you can pick up a tiny clash and catch a five pounder on it. You know, and, and still be like, you know, oh, I caught a fish on a big bait, and it was a big fish. It's hard to put in enough time with a bait like that. But if you can really, like, I mean, dude, when I pick up that bait, it's the only bait I'm throwing all day. Like when I'm like, yeah, they're gonna eat this or they're not. It's the only bait you throw all day, and you're either gonna get a fucking tank on it or not. Like you just gotta dedicate enough time to that bait. Um, and when you do, it rewards you. Yeah, exactly. Um, have you had a problem with yours, like the one out of the uh, one out of the six you've had, like it being super rashed in the paint coming off and the wood starting to swell at all? No, no, I've rashed the shit out of them too, and I haven't really had that issue. Okay, that's just I what I've one... always been scared of. No, nah, well, because it's they seal the wood, seal it before they paint it, so it's already sealed. Like it can't really. It can't soak in the water. I mean, you'd have to. I mean, you'd have to fish it for like years to like go right. through the sewer. Yeah, dude. Um. Yeah. Fuck. I need. I need another one. 
I want a matching negotiator and then a three-piece negotiator and then a mother and just catch fish on them all. And the negotiator, <laughs> people talk shit about that bait, but I, I've caught a lot of big fish on the negotiator. Yeah, the negotiator. I, I haven't fished one, to be honest. Really? Yeah, I've it's heard. I've heard all. I've heard all kinds of good things and bad things and whatever. But I don't, I'm sure it doesn't swim much better than the mother. <laughs> Chad Yates absolutely fucking hates him, but he doesn't. It doesn't matter what he thinks. <laughs> uh, fuck. Hold on. Let me let me see what other questions we got here. Uh, how do you decide? Okay, this is my question. How do you decide to fish the wake walker over the bad bunny or vice versa, or is it kind of just an opinion thing on on what you want to catch him that day? So yeah, I mean up here I don't really. I just throw whatever. Um, but I, I notice like down south when I'm getting a little more technical with it. Um, the I mean, it depends on the the movement of the bait fish. Um, a lot of times the the bunny is aggressive. It is a, a lot of bait and it, is, it moves a ton of water. And it's super loud, and it's not something you can just throw it like super shy fish. You know what I mean? Um, I'll fish the bunny a lot at night because I like I like the uh, the you know disruption it makes at night. Or if it's like a little windy or choppy or cloudy, um, but a lot of times if it's too calm, the bunny like doesn't work as good. It needs to be it needs to be a little choppy for the bunny, if that makes sense. Just a light chop, nothing too much. But the wake walker, I think uh, it outperforms it when it's really like calm and the fish are kind of you know a little more wary of what's going on because it's a, it's it's so much subtler. Like they can just come up and suck it off the surface instead of having to like attack this crazy bunny that's going all over the place if that makes sense yeah so it's just kind yeah. of gotta read you, you gotta read your fish before you before you pick one now do you um whether it just be conventional or not do you go out there and cast a bait and kind of get a feel of what the fish are doing and you're like okay like this is going to be a day that i will be able to fish a glide bait or do do a big big bait session or are these fish going to be stubborn or something that I can't replicate with a swim bait? And I'm going to just fish conventional, whether that be a Nico rig or anything like that. Yeah. A lot, a lot of times, honestly, um, I mean, so it kind of depends if I'm fishing on like a super pressured, like, like in Austin, uh, there are certain days where they just don't, they don't do it. They do not eat a big bait. I don't know what it is. Some days they just, they see too many lures and they're just like, Nope, I'm not going to eat a big bait today. And that's where I will, I have a worm on deck and I'm, I will, I'm not against throwing a worm. I've had a lot of days where I'll go out and throw a big bait, a fuck ton. And then I pull out a little five inch worm and I fucking catch a tank. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's not unheard of. Um, but if I'm fishing in like a less pressured area or a pre or an area that I know a little bit better where I'm like, okay, these fish are definitely eating this kind of forage. Like if I just stick with this, I can fish it all day. Um, it just depends on where I'm fishing. If I'm fishing less pressured areas, I'll stick with the swim bait a little harder. Um, and I might not even bring the worm if I'm sure they're going to eat it. Um, but in more pressured areas like Austin, I don't leave home without the worm because you can have a very, very, very bad day, <laughs> you know, on the water. And I'd rather, I'd rather try and save it at least a little bit, if that makes sense. Oh yeah, dude, exactly. Fuck that. <laughs> how, how often is it that you run into guys down there that are fishing swim baits, uh, in, in Austin or just in, in Texas in general? <laughs> in Austin all the time. I mean, like, yeah, yeah. Every other, every other bass fisherman is throwing a fucking Joy Thief K9. Um, <laughs> it's 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 absurd, honestly. Like the amount of the amount of baits that they fucking see, um, especially down there in the Austin area, dude. I mean, good lord. But yeah, I I don't really I try not to let it like worry me. I'm more just like worry about the conditions and shit. But there are times where I see fish come up on a glide or whatever, and I'm like, 
yeah, you're obviously scared of that. <laughs> like, like, you know, they have to come check it out by nature, but they're terrified of it. They're like, uh, I don't know if I should eat this because I've seen this a hundred times before. Um, <laughs> yeah, the pressure is a big deal. It's a big deal. and You got to pay attention to those fish because they'll tell you. Um, they'll literally tell you with their body language. Yeah. Not saying that you have to disclose any uh, secrets, but kind of, especially you, I know you've been, you've been reading a lot of those bass books. And if, if anybody's listened to the episode with Jared fall 74 on here, he talks about how a couple of years after the HUD got super big in California, like you had to start modding them. You had to start doing, even if it was just small, little minute things to set it, set it aside from a straight, straight out of the bag HUD that you would not necessarily get a crazy amount of action, but you could trick fish into eating a modded HUD rather than just a stock HUD. Have you been able to replicate anything like that? Whether yes, yes, I'm a big, I'm a big like all my soft baits. I tinker the shit out of them. None of them, the only ones that like come out of the package and I fish them as is are probably like, uh, like weedless boot tails. But anything that has like a harness, I'm. It's not the same bait once I'm done with it. Like <laughs> I don't think because I think there's just they literally they've seen too many like rof 12 rainbow trout eight inch huds that's the most common bait even you know even in texas dude people throw the shit out of that bait oh they've just seen way too many um and i want to do i actually want to do a a patreon video all about like huddleston modifications or wedge tail modifications so that'll definitely be a thing in the works yeah it's obviously living up here don't really have fucking a swim bait presence in in the water as far as like them seeing it and knowing what it is but still i mean nothing crazy but i whenever i fish a soft bait i always have an underspin on it just because i think it helps a little bit you know these guys out here that are fishing kytex and shit they're, they're fishing it on just a jig head and um like i i really enjoy the unique scout and you know it's it i mean a fish i don't fucking like like i said earlier no fish biologists so i don't know what their like eyesight's like crazy but you know that to like a 5.8 kai tech you know it kind of kind of resembles it a lot and like i said yeah. these guys will drag drag kai techs and shit around on jig heads and stuff and i think even just having that little bit of flash i think like you said they they come look it out they come check it out because they're curious by nature and I'm not going to say it fucking catches more fish or doesn't catch more fish, but it's just a confidence thing in myself that I'm like, okay, this is distinguishive that these fish might not know exactly what this is, that they'll just Mm -hmm. hit it because they're like, oh shit, what the fuck is that? I'm a big, I mean, I'm like, I'm a gigantic advocate of if you're fishing different than everybody else, you're already doing something right. Like you're doing it right. Um, There, I don't think there's any, (laughs) there's not really any point in, like for me, there's no point in throwing a a Senko, like a five inch Senko. There's no point in throwing an eight inch HUD for me. Like, dude, I mean, those fish have seen that shit over and over and over again. That's not to say it doesn't work. I just feel like those bigger class fish, and I'm talking like big, big fish, like whatever, whatever big fish for your area would be. Record. Really, that's like a you know, like re- literally record size fish. Um, they're not gonna fall for the same shit over and over again. They're the ones who've seen it over and over again. And that's the one I'm looking for. I'm not looking, I'm not fishing for a five pounder. I'm not even, hell, I'm not even fishing for a 10 pounder. Like when I'm down there, I want to catch the biggest fish in the fucking water. And I promise you, you're not going to catch it on the same bait that's already been caught on 15 times or that everybody's thrown at it 20 times a day. You know what I mean? Like, do you got to do something different? 
every time you every time you see somebody who catches like a really big fish, it's either A, they get lucky, or B, they spend enough time on the water where they know that what they're doing is different than everybody else and they're able to produce with it. Yeah, going off of that, there there's a lake in Grand Rapids that has, you know, big fish and it's right in the middle of fucking Grand Rapids and everybody fishes this fucking lake. John B and Perrick would come up from Chicago <laughs> and fish this lake. And uh anyway, so you know, this this lake has tournaments on it two, three times a week and we were fishing it early spring. We were we were probably honestly the first five boats out there this year. And my buddy's fishing a jerk bait and he's like he has a live target or active target, whatever mm-hmm. the fuck it is. He has, he has one of those, I'm, but I'm in the back of the boat. I'm not really caring, but he's like, dude, there's like fish following me, but they're not fucking eating my jerk bait. I'm like, that's crazy. And, uh, you know, dead walking a TK, not necessarily saying it is like a jerk bait, but it's, it's mm-hmm. got that like super, um, erratic, slow moving yeah, no, motion. Erratic definitely slow similar. Moving. Yeah. And, but dude, like I was, I was catching fish, like just fucking little tiny fish. And he was like, like I was probably, I, we probably caught close to the same amount of fish, but still, that's crazy that a six-inch TK is catching just as many fish in the middle of April as a Vision 110 Junior. Like, it's like fucking crazy. Just because I think that those fish had never seen anything like that before, and they they not necessarily saying they know what a jerkbait is, but they have an idea of of like, oh yeah, it's this time of year. These, no, these I would absolutely be throwing would, this at us. Yeah, no, I would absolutely think so. I think. I think they definitely learn from experience. I don't think they, I don't think they get hooked and then just forget about what happened. You know, because I mean? like they have to be fully committed to eat a bait. They have to go. Okay, I believe this is real. You know what I mean? Like that's their their whatever goes off in their mind. That goes okay, green light, and then they eat it, and then it's not. Like you can't tell me that's not <laughs> traumatic. You know, imagine if you were just gonna fucking eat a burger. And and then you like take a bite out of it, and there's a fucking like mouse trap in it or something. You would never, <laughs> you would never trust another burger again, ever. Yeah. For the re- but a might, hot dog, you, you might, might trust a hot dog. Exactly right, because you're you're like okay, well now I'm, I'm fucking scared of this burger, but like, you know, you gotta show like you gotta show them something different. You can't tell me that they wouldn't be scared for the rest of their fucking life of every jerk bait, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, they'll they'll fuck up every once in a while, of course. Like they are, you know, everything does. Every every animal will fuck up. But you're not, you're not, you don't want one to fuck up. You want to, you want to get them to commit. You know what I mean? You want that first, you want the first time they eat the hamburger, you know, or whatever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, just, uh, shit spots. So what, what's your ideal scenario to fish the flea shed? Uh, I know a lot of people have flea sheds out there right now and down South, it's kind of starting to get to that, like a little bit of fall transition time. Mm-hmm. The fish are kind of starting to heat up. So what, what's your ideal scenario? Um, for really, I mean, the flea shad, you can fish it like one of two ways. And I think one is like covering water. I mean, just fishing shallow, fishing around brush, fishing around rocks. Um, you can just cover a lot of water with it and find out what your fish are doing. If they're even eating fast, um, literally, I mean, that's as simple as it, as it sounds, you know, going out there and just bombing it around until something happens. And then the second way is to, um, fish it against you know certain types of cover um, whether that be like bridge pilings or rock walls or some sort of thing where you can make a parallel cast and basically have like a a pressure point for that fish to trap the bait against the wall that's the two ways i think about it if i if i see you know if i if i go on the lake first thing i'm like okay i'm gonna bomb this around a little bit um and i'm fishing it i'll you know there's a difference between when i'm just casting and trying to get a pattern down and then like oh hey this structure looks like it has a fish on it. I'm going to position correctly 
and bomb a cast down the side of it and you know see what happens like that's that that's the two ways i would fish it yeah the structure thing that's that's where i cooked that really big fish at and <laughs> dude it was literally fucking positioned up it's probably maybe had like two baits casted at it before like throughout yeah. the year and like if you hook that on anything other than probably either a flipping rod or a big swim bait rod like you're not going to peel that thing out of there drop shot is just going to fucking wrap you up down there yeah. and i think uh having a bait like that just being able to present it i mean i ripped it through there like two or three times and then finally the fourth time he's like what the fuck is this and he finally went up and <laughs> ate it and yeah i just think i think probably I'm fishing an 8.2, uh, a Corrado HG, so I wasn't necessarily burning it, but I was I was fishing it fast, you know, not, yeah, not crazy because it is an HG. But, uh, it, I mean, it came up an 8, and I'm like, oh, shit, I, I don't know if it would have done that with, with like, uh, a 168 or a Gancraft or anything mm -hmm. like that. Like, that might have almost been too slow, and like we talked about, those older fish, this this was a pretty big fucking fish, like... They, they, if, if you stop something or if you're not working it fast enough and they get a good look at it and they're like, oh, this thing's, this thing's a, this thing's a hamburger with a mousetrap in it. I'm not fucking eating that thing. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just funny to me. Cause I, I can't even, I can't even begin to tell you why a big fish would even consider eating a glide on a sunny day, but it does happen. I don't know. I, like I said, I'm not, I don't know all the answers, but <laughs> we're no fish biologists here for the third time this yeah. show. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so just kind of the last question, it's a, it's a little bit bigger one, so we can break it down here. So when you fish a big glide bait, whether that be the mother or the king shed or anything like that, do you fish it in any spot like you would like a, you know, a smaller, a smaller glide bait or do you target, um, you know, maybe areas like big fish areas, like, uh, like bridge pilings and, and lay downs and stuff like that. So you, you can fish the mother, like you know, or a, or a king shad or whatever in like those tighter areas. Uh, it's not as convenient, really. I just, it's not like, it's not very easy to do. Um, trying to fit that bait into like under trees and stuff like that. And like, yeah, it might work here and there, but I feel like the best success that I have on that is definitely targeting like big fish areas, like big, long tapering points or like a big dock that's on the end of a point or something like that. Um, big, like it's, it's an open water glide like an open water presentation really um whether they eat it or not is not the most important part it's like they'll come up and look at it and show themselves because um, that bait is gigantic like there's no like when it when it's in the water there's no doubt for the fish they're like oh shit there's a there's a fish here like i gotta go check it out like i gotta go check out this this bait um like i said not every single one of them eats it but i think fishing it in those really key like big points under big docks marinas stuff like that um, I think that's going to get you more success than trying to like fish it in a place where you should just be fishing a chat chat. You know what I mean? Like the little tight cover glides that you can skip up under places and, and get them into tighter areas. And plus like, I don't know, nobody wants to be throwing the fucking $500 bait, like in the rocks and trees and shit really. <laughs> I also, like, or casting, you know, what's the mother nine ounces yeah or ten and a half yeah ten yeah dude that's a lot of fucking weight to be mm -hmm. casting like a 168 where you would usually cast a 168 yeah exactly yeah it just takes up too much of your energy and uh it's just it's easier to bomb that bait over a long point you know oh yeah dude uh i i don't know i've had a lot of big baits and i've, I've sold i've caught fish on all of them except for the ghost and 
I'm not upset I sold them, but looking back, I'm like, ah, oh, I kind of wish I kept it, but you know, I can always buy another one. It's not that big of a deal. The 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 like the big baits, I and I, I say big bait as in like once you get over like ten inches, then that's like what people would consider like a, a big bait. You know, like a two fifty I feel like is not that big of a bait. People catch fish on it all the time. <laughs> I don't think it's get, either. <laughs> yeah, once you get over, you know, once you get in that twelve inch range, like people have a different mindset on those baits. And I think that just like I said, it's hard to it's hard to commit a lot of time to them. Um because you don't get as many bites on them. Like of course, you know, it's a fucking huge bait. But I feel like those are those can be some of the most productive baits sometimes. Like the those fish do not see those twelve inch size baits all the time. You know, and that's another thing like going back to trying to be different. Um throwing a massive bait is completely different. You know, throwing something way bigger than everybody else is throwing. Those fish don't see that. Like when was the last time a fucking thirteen pounder ate a sixteen inch shad, right? And got hooked. Like never. Probably never. You know what I mean? It's probably never yeah. been hooked by a, a huge shad like that. You know, or if it has very, very few times, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like nobody, nobody's eaten an A5 Wagyu steak and had a mouse trap in it. It's, it's always the hamburgers. <laughs> it's always a fucking McChicken, dude. Uh, um, I think that was everything I had on my list. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Let me go see if I have anything else on Instagram here. I don't I think, think that's I do. It. Yeah, I don't think I have anything else. <clears throat> yeah, man, that's uh, that's, uh, that's about it for the the homeless fisherman update. So I can get my ass handed to me up here in Minnesota, but coming back, baby. I'm, I'm on the I'm on the healing road. Fucking ready. You're gonna be on uh, the fucking real road to go to, down to fucking Texas. Yes, dude. I'm ready. I'm ready to drive. As soon as this shit gets, as soon as I can lift it over my head, I'm going. No, nobody's stopping me. Hell yeah, man. Um, anybody, any, anybody you want to shout out any, all the companies you work with, everything, you know, shout them out. Uh, I'm going to shout out Kyle. First off, throwback baits. Oh, fuck uh, that guy, dude. Yeah, fuck that guy, man. Only been supporting me all fucking summer and taking me to the hospital and shit and keeping me and really do, done so much for me. Thank you, Kyle. You're the fucking man. I, I literally, I always tell him, I'm like, dude, I don't know where, I don't know where I'd be without you. I mean, imagine if I broke my collarbone and I didn't. I was just here and I didn't know you. Didn't like, know anybody. Like, you know, I'd be like, dude, I'd be fucked. Or you'd be sleeping on Phoenix's couch. Yeah, literally. <laughs> Probably sleep on Phoenix's couch. Maybe not even. I don't even know if he'd let me sleep in the He was like, you're, you're kind of weird, dude. I don't know if I want you to sleep in <laughs> But shout out to Kyle. Kyle at Throwback Bates runs a fucking phenomenal business. Um, Lateral Vision, Leviathan Rods, uh, Eco Fishing Shop. And G Crack, all my boys. Thank you guys. All the support what's, uh, is real. What's what's your lateral vision code? Uh, homeless LV crew, all one word. Homeless LV crew. Get you twenty percent off, and it supports the page. I appreciate you guys who order from there. They got some pretty dope stuff, and hopefully, I can save you a little bit of money. What about uh, what about Patreon? Uh, yeah, and uh, if you want to support me directly, uh, I do have a Patreon. It's called the Homeless School of Fishermen. I upload. Uh, every Sunday and then every other Thursday, I upload a video. So some videos, some day, some weeks you get two videos a week, uh, but for sure one every week. Um, just going over, you know, kind of some of the stuff we talked about today, all tutorial stuff. Um, people can ask me questions directly. It's a good way to, you know, like I said, support the page and get all the, the tutorial content. Um, but yeah, that's it. Yeah, Kyle, or Kyle Marshall does a cool um, kind of walkthrough with his cast of catches, and 
you know, watching it, you you can get an idea of why why he why he'll cast certain places and he breaks it down to you. And I think, I mean, what is it? Five? It is ten bucks a month. Ten bucks a month. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's beneficial. Like <clears throat> you, especially if you're kind of new to it, or if you just if you want to hear fish biologists, you know, spit spit <laughs> wise catching fish. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I think I think that was everything. Uh, make sure if you guys need to buy a new swim bait rod, make sure you go to leviathanrods.com. Make sure you guys use Scales Twenty at checkout, get twenty percent off your your uh, rod order there. So you get uh, I think it's like uh, three. I did the math the other day. It's like seventy bucks off most most of the rods on there, and there's wow. gonna be dailies up pretty soon. So that's like I mean that's more or less with shipping. You're still paying like fifty dollars less than you would without the codes. So yeah, pretty kick ass of them over there. That's nice, um, dude. I'm trying to think of anything else I had. I think that's about it. Oh, the Thanksgiving, uh, the November fundraiser that is gonna be. I'm actually getting the stickers tomorrow, which is Monday, which is when you guys are hearing this. So I will have the stickers tomorrow. I have my t-shirt samples, which I'll probably start selling, like, probably put them up Tuesday. But I also have something else on the way that I'll be selling that I don't know when the fuck they'll be here. But they should be here before November. But it's really not that big of a deal. But like I said, all the profit from November is going to be going to a local food shelter in Grand Rapids. Uh, there's a lot of cool – I mean, I'm, I – I fucking love this design. It's my favorite design so far. For anybody who hasn't seen it, it's a uh, live, laugh, love, swim baits, and there's a stuffed turkey with a bunch of baits falling out. You got the chocolate bait Jordan falling out. You got a flag uh, 170 falling out. You <laughs> Gracely baits finesse glide. Uh, I think there's the ass end of a bad bunny hanging out in there somewhere. There's just a whole bunch, a whole bunch of cool baits. It's a really cool design, and the shirts have a back logo of that design and then the front logo the little pocket design is the scales and tails classic logo which i might switch it over to the new logo but i don't know it does not a big deal but yeah make sure if you guys want to kind of give back this thanksgiving season that you guys go pick up a pick up a shirt or some stickers or whatever whatever you want to do and there's a lot of lot of stuff on the way for giveaways um i have there's a lot of shit on the way so buy it you get entered to win a bunch of free shit there's going to be a lot of lot of uh, lots of stuff just to give away. So, you know, like I said, support, support people and uh, hopefully win some cool shit. Cause that'd be pretty badass. but uh, also follow the, follow the podcast. Marshall, what's your podcast for anybody who has already doesn't know <laughs> my podcast. What's, what's your Instagram for anybody who doesn't Instagram. know at the homeless fisherman. You can find me there. Uh, you can also find me on YouTube. Same thing. TikTok, wherever you want. Facebook, Perfect. I guess. If you're a Facebook guy. <laughs> Uh, make sure you guys follow the podcast scales and tails underscore podcast on Instagram. I think it's a scales and tails podcast on Facebook. Uh, yeah, that's really about it. I want to thank Marshall for coming on. Not like uh, he could, I mean, he could be on his phone buying shit right now, but I think it's a little <laughs> bit more productive. Of you, just, you distracted me. That was good. That was good. I appreciate perfect, it. <laughs> perfect. But um, I want to thank you guys for listening. Make sure if you guys haven't already uh, rate the show on your listening platform. Uh, I think we're at 39. Um, 39 reviews on Spotify with 39 reviews were at 4.9. So that's pretty badass. But I want to thank you guys for listening and I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Thanks, guys. Peace out.